We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Stephen, and I am the host coming to you live on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, joining me, as always, is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Uh, this upcoming game is definitely not what I thought it was going to be at the start of the season. We figured it'd be this big New York primetime Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, two playoff teams kind of matchup, and it's not quite that. They might be two teams that are trying to gun for the playoffs, but very different points, and I think we either of us thought they would be at, at this point in the season. Yeah, certainly from a Jets standpoint, uh, obviously a lot of big changes. You know, they were not necessarily the favorites to win the AFC East, but people thought that they could challenge them. You know, heading into the season, I feel like people trusted them more than they trusted the Dolphins, and now the Dolphins are probably winning the AFC East. So uh, certainly shows how much things can change throughout the course of the season. So. A um, lot to uh, get into today. We'll have some final thoughts on this game. We'll have our, our usual picks, and then uh, we'll get some questions. Uh, we appreciate the flexibility today. Uh, both Tyler and I had some stuff going on this morning, so we decided to uh, you know roll it out at uh, 4 p.m. So hopefully you guys are enjoying your Saturday. Uh, hopefully your teams, uh, from the college standpoint, uh, at least covered. You know, I, I know Alex is always into you know good teams covering, so. Hopefully you guys' uh, teams are doing well and uh, should be a fun rest of the evening tonight. Yes, should be. Yeah, 4 o'clock on a Saturday. Don't remember the last time we did that. 
Um, <laughs> we've definitely done some odd time streams before, but that's like draft or emergency yeah. stuff or whatever. But uh, not on a Saturday, but uh, it's different. Maybe maybe that changes things. Maybe we are the event, the butterfly effect that kicks off the winning record for the Chargers the rest of the way. Like it took us recording <laughs> at 4 p.m. And that just changed something in the world. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We've done, you know, like 9 p.m. when both of us have like after school events or something like mm -hmm. on a Tuesday. But Saturdays we've been pretty consistently, you know, 9 or 10 a.m. So uh, we'll see what happens today. So like I mentioned, uh, if you have some questions for us, we'll get to those later on. We already see a, a super chat from uh, Miss Shun. Appreciate it as always. Um, and we'll get into some stuff today. So uh, first and foremost, have to do uh, our injury report roundup. Uh, the big one for the Chargers, obviously, is Mr. Josh Palmer being ruled out. Um, he did not practice this week at all, uh, which was not too dissimilar from last week. But ultimately, he was ruled kind of a, as a game time decision. He played, re-aggravated his uh, knee injury. I, I, I believe it was the same knee injury. Um, and so he is out this week. I've been told that this injury likely keeps him out for next week against the Lions as well. Um, so this is uh, this is a bit of a hit to the Chargers. Obviously, uh, on Monday night against this Jets secondary, you wish that this group would be healthy. Uh, it would have been a ton of fun to have Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, you know, kind of running into form uh, against this Jets secondary. But that is obviously not the case here. So, Tyler... Now that we know that Josh Palmer is out, what are you looking for in terms of overcompensating for that loss against this uh, arguably best secondary in the league, Jets defense? I think they're going to have to search for if Keenan Allen can't win his one-on-ones, which I don't expect him to all the time. It's going to be very tough for Keenan. I expect them to look for the easy buttons, but I actually don't think that's going to be as much Quentin Johnston. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because I'm not entirely sure. I cannot fully sit here and say and guarantee that he's actually a part of their game plan moving forward even though we saw it increase last week it felt out of necessity and not out of intention really because he didn't get a single target until the second quarter he got him all basically on the one drive and then he wasn't targeted again until the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left and it was one third down conversion and it was great like what he did with his targets was great but it didn't really feel like there was intention there i think to against this defense especially and trying to get things out quickly and potentially to test their run defense or whatever they got i actually think darius davis gets much more involved this game now could it be quentin johnston sure it could be maybe it even should be but i can't sit here again and say that that's for sure gonna happen i think this is a game where darius davis gets involved early and i think they just spread out the touches here and there and everywhere and get things going because I just don't think, unless Jalen Guyton comes back and is fully healthy and amazing, and even then against the second there, I'm not sure. I think they're going to have to lean into some of the special guys in terms of what they've been leaning into earlier on this season. Someone like Darius Davis, maybe even Gerald Everett with Yak. I, again, I don't know that that's Quentin Johnson. I'd like to say that it is, but I don't think anyone could look me in the eyes and say, yeah, for sure, he's going to get 10 targets and be routinely involved and be a focal point of this offense. I don't buy it yet. The one thing I, I definitely don't buy is is kind of like the back shoulder stuff that he's been that's been kind of like his his staple so far this season. Um the the Jets have easily the best outside cornerback duo in the league, and you throw Michael Carter as well, who's, who's an outstanding slot corner. Um, I'm not expecting a ton of like, you know, 
X receiver, back shoulder fade, goal line, uh, goal line fade kind of targets for Quentin Johnson this week. I think if you're going to get him involved, you have to do some kind of shallow crossers, slants, maybe some deep overs from from play action when the, the Jets are in zone. But this is this is a very tough matchup for Quentin and would be a tough matchup for Josh Palmer because this Jets secondary duo is is just so fantastic. I am curious to see what kind of happens with Quentin's role from a yak standpoint with Gerald Everett back, which is definitely something else that we can, we can talk about because he does not have an injury designation this week. So you get Gerald Everett back. What does that do for Quentin's role? And if this is another three targets and one catch and 15 yards, like what, like I, I would just, I think we're just potentially going back to the drawing board here with Quentin Johnson, which would be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that like last week was, was a way for them to build on, on finding him a, a specific role. You know, uh, the shallow crosser role is, is so perfect for him. I would love to see him get involved, maybe some, some deep overs, things like that. But the, the typical like X role this week, I think is, is basically non-existent because this, this jets cornerback duo is, is fantastic. Um, Regarding Keenan Allen's role here, you highlighted on Thursday the key matchup, which is the right key matchup, which is Keenan versus Michael Carter. Um, combined, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have eight slot snaps this year. Like those two do oh, not go into the <laughs> slot. And everybody online is talking about like Keenan versus Sauce Gardner and, and all that. And, and they're not even mentioning like Michael Carter at all. So like Keenan Allen. I think this is a game where you want him like almost exclusively in the slot, like because Michael Carter is, is definitely the the weakest of the three. He's still a fantastic slot corner, but I'm without Josh Palmer, without Mike Williams, I'm keeping Keenan in the slot as much as possible. And I think that's a way for him to, you know, create some, some positive uh, outcomes for this chargers team and they're going to need it. He's also 70 yards short of 10,000 career yards, so I'm sure he's very motivated to come out and have a good game. But to me, if, I, if I'm the Chargers, I am putting him in the slot as much as possible because that is probably mm-hmm. where I feel best about him producing. And the offense needs it because you don't have your your full cast of weapons. So to me, you know, everybody's talking about Keenan versus Sauce Gardner. We might see it like a small handful of times. Um, you rightly highlighted Keenan versus Michael Carter. And to me, that that's where I'm leaning with Keenan is this is probably like an 80% of his snaps should come from the slot this week because it's just their best path forward of creating offense. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be, okay, well, we don't have Mike Williams. We don't have Josh Palmer. Therefore, Keenan Allen is our next X guy. So let's just send him out wide and, and do that with him. That really should not be the role. It should be if you're a smart coordinator. How do we get him away from Sauce Gardner? That basically should be the game. Uh, motion him, move him, whatever in the slot, like you said, do that. And that's not even a slight on Keenan Allen. He's also just really good at that. I don't know if the discussion around Sauce Gardner versus Keenan Allen is just because they're the two best on their team, or because we've seen so many of these, you know, stutter and goes or whatever from Keenan, and therefore everyone assumes that he's an outside guy because he's done some of that. And yes, he's he's done yeah. some great things this year as that guy. But no, like you said, keep him in the slot. If, if he can function and have a solid game, heck, even the 70 yards that he needs, if he can get 70 yards, like this team might win because that's <laughs> might, might all be all you need in this game, yeah. especially if you can run effectively and if anybody else can do anything else. Um, so yeah, if he can get the 70 yards, get to 10,000 on prime time in New York, Monday night football, get to 10,000 receiving yards, that'd be huge for this team. I, I think yeah. he can do it. 
And if you can, if, if Keenan Allen can have a good game, this game I think is a wrap. I'm, I just don't believe. We'll see. We'll see about the defensive injuries. <laughs> that is a thing today. All of a sudden. Yeah. But I, I think that given their opponent on offense, if Keenan can do his thing and perform well and work in the slot, I think the Chargers have a really good chance. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Everybody's talking about the wrong matchup, I think, though, regarding Keenan Allen. I think you want him in the slot. And he takes about 62% of his snaps from the slot this year, which is a slight decrease from the previous two years under Joe Lombardi. I think the idea heading into the season was like you have more interchangeable pieces with him and mm-hmm. Mike Williams. Now, without Mike Williams and without Josh Palmer, I think you want to really focus in on Keenan in the slot uh, going forward. Um, after that, obviously, we have to talk about Jalen Guyton, and we'll see what happens officially. He has participated as a full listing the last two weeks of practice. Um, it sounds like he is going to be activated. It also sounds like Otito Ogmonia is going to be activated. Um, the Chargers officially do not have to do that until tomorrow. Uh, because of Monday Night Football. Um, that being said, I'm not expecting Jalen Guyton to play a ton. This is his first game back after an ACL tear. So even with uh, Josh Palmer out this week, I think we'll see a, a pretty heavy rotation of the other guys. Um, you mentioned Darius Davis. Simi Fajoko will also get some burn. I think Jalen Guyton gets some burn. Um, for what it's worth, I think they keep... Darius Davis in kind of that gadget role um, after Dar- after Josh Palmer got injured on Sunday night football against the Bears. It was that trio of Keenan, Quentin Johnston, and Simi Fajoko as kind of their main three receivers in 11 personnel. And I think we'll see Jalen Guyton maybe play like 15, 20 snaps on, on Monday night. I don't think that they're going to give him a full workload right away. But what are your thoughts there? from a rotation standpoint uh, outside of Keenan and Quentin. No, I think you're right there. I don't know how much Jalen Guyton will be involved. The good news is if all he does is run conditioning tests and get himself ramped up for the future <laughs> weeks, that's actually kind of a good thing. Like the Chargers yeah. could certainly use that as a role, especially with Quentin not being wide receiver too. So I, I think that's actually a fine thing for him. I'm not expecting him to be your possession receiver or your, your yak guy or get him 10 targets or anything. I don't expect that. Nor would I expect that even if you were really healthy. But I think that role would be just fine for him. There's definitely an aspect of, okay, who loses out or what changes because Jalen Guyton is now the downfield guy. Now, granted, like you said, you can't do it every snap. He's not going to be 100% healthy um, and 100% snaps. So what changes? Because there's so many moving parts. You mentioned Gerald Everett. So, okay, let's say Quentin Johnson doesn't have to do the deep stuff anymore. So now he can work on the yak stuff, which he started to do last week. But will he do the yak stuff still if Gerald Everett's back? Because Gerald Everett has been more of their yak guy so far. And I think is like by far, by far ahead of everybody else in terms of yards after the catch. Um, at least per reception, I think. I could be wrong. So you how about how, that ends, right? That and I think on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Although, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying specifically for his position. But yes, on the team also. Yeah, so... I don't know how much Jalen Guyton will do. I don't think it'll be a lot. But the good news is we know like Jalen Guyton is on this team for one and a half reasons. Half the reason is because <laughs> he's talented. The real reason he's still on this team is because Justin Herbert trusts him implicitly. Like he yeah. 100% believes that Jalen Guyton is, is someone that he can trust to do these certain things um, in different parts of different seasons. He was the go-to guy in fourth down over someone like Mike Williams. Obviously, we've seen him throw it the best throw we've ever seen potentially 
is to Jalen Guyton. His first touchdown is to Jalen Guyton against the, against the Bucks. It was Jalen Guyton. Um, Jesse Bates is the safety, high paid safety for the Bengals, or not at the time. He just threw it up for Jalen Guyton, and Guyton came down with it. You know, that's something that you know. Well, for all the talk about chemistry between Herbert and Johnson, for Herbert and Guyton, it was like that. And same for Tyron Johnson. That's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> just the good news is, while Guyton does not have you know maybe the playbook completely down. One, I think yeah. there's enough overlap. And two, well, two, I don't think the role is all that complicated for him specifically. And three, the chemistry is there. It's like good to go. So whenever he's good to go, you know, I, I think they could get one maybe chunk play in there. And and that would make the difference in this game. You know, Keenan Allen being good, Guyton getting 130 yarder, getting them in field goal range, that legitimately could change this game. So yeah, whatever the role is, it won't be huge, but I think it'll be something that just helps them just a little bit. And I do think it, this is best for the room too, because I, like I think Quentin can stretch the field, but it's it's not what you drafted him for. It's not his best asset, and he never did it at TCU. Uh, so Jalen Guyton coming in here uh, is even if it's just fifteen plays, like I think it it helps just kind of alleviate some some pressure and puts Quentin more into his actual role. So uh, I, I think that helps for sure. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day put on an injury report today with an illness. Um, Brandon Staley didn't sound too concerned about him playing, but he is on there. The interesting one is Kenneth Murray, who was a late add to the injury report as of Thursday. Uh, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, um, officially limited in practice the last two days, and is tagged as questionable, uh, which generally means you're about a game time decision. Um, this is obviously notable because Kenneth Murray has had an issue with his shoulder previously, and he, uh, you know, has had shoulder surgery. And so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, this is a game where the Chargers linebackers are super important to me because of Brees Hall and what he is really capable of. Arjun had that graphic, uh, I think it was on Thursday, um, about running backs who run most often or least often into the designed gap where the run is is supposed to go and Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are like the two backs that do it the least amount of times because Brees Hall is just always looking for that cutback lane um so the linebackers to me are super important and Kenneth Murray has been playing well here uh what do you make of of that injury Tyler do you think he plays and if not what do you think kind of is the results of that injury that's a big one. And it's so strange, even though we've been through this for a few weeks now, it is strange to consider Kenneth Murray potentially being out of a big injury. Yeah, uh, I do have some faith. Obviously, it's a good thing, I guess, that we've seen Nick Neiman. I don't know if he's officially the guy that jumps in because we've seen the replacement for Kendricks, not necessarily for Murray. I assume that's Neiman, but we never know. Or it could be Deion Henley. But again, I doubt this seems too early. Seems too early still. Um, it's really unfortunate. I mean, Brees Hall is exceptional you know top 10 in the league in yards per route run just against the giants it took one play for him to basically win the game for them although it was very early on that was like the only positive play on offense for them but up oh, here's a dump off 53 yards for a touchdown no problem done yeah and you know we've even seen the chargers give up something like that against the cowboys so you mentioned eric Kendricks as being a big part of this game not having kenneth murray is is kind of rough honestly and i even just think just from an athletic standpoint i think nick demon's pretty athletic too but just having Kenneth Murray as a as a guy who is athletic and can make those tackles or at least get the range down um, to lose him would be a bummer. I still think he plays. Um, I think he's still available on prize picks as well, which they tend to be very cautious 
with those things. They tend to be like, yeah. as soon as someone has nicked up a bit, they're off. So if he's yeah. still on there, maybe there's something they don't, we don't know. Um, I think he plays, I just think that the issue with really not just that injury, but all the little injuries, the illnesses, I think they'll all end up playing, but they're now, let's say 10% worse off than they would have been if they were healthy or 20% worse off or whatever. They're limited. And I think that really is going to matter in a game where the running back you're facing, not Dalvin Cook, but the running back in Brees Hall that you're facing is the first guy in the league in rushing yards over expected per attempt and just not be able to make that tackle or just being slightly slower, not being able to hold a gap or whatever. I think it's going to make the difference in this game. So that's that's definitely one to watch. I don't know how much better Brees Hall will do this game, but I just think that every little thing will count. And I think that every little injury is going to at lead to him having a better day than if they were healthy. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, Derwin mentioned this week that they're they're fully aware of the explosive play potential from the running back room. Um, I think he was probably being a little too kind to his boy, uh, Dalvin Cook, but we know what Brees Hall can do. We know that Brees Hall is, is a touchdown waiting to happen at any moment. And even like his first game post ACL, like I think against the Broncos, he hit like a 70 yard touchdown run. And like that rest of that game was a grind for them. But those those plays matter a ton. And the Chargers have done a really good job of avoiding giving up those kind of home run runs, uh, which was a huge problem in the past season. Um, they're going to have to be on top of it this week. I am curious in training camp. It was pretty clearly that like Amen Ogbong Mamiga was the backup to Eric Kendricks, who at the time was the Mike linebacker. You know, in training camp, Kendricks was the Mike, Kenneth Murray is the Will, and Amen and Neiman were their backups. And so Eric Kendricks goes down, and instead of putting in Amen, they put in Neiman and moved Kenneth Murray to the Mike. And so now if Kenneth Murray is out and Eric Kendricks has been kind of settling into this groove at the will, what does that rotation look like? I would think that it would be easier for Eamon to come in as the Mike and Kendricks to stay as the will. But Neiman did play and Neiman had at least some good, good moments against the Vikings and things like that. Um, But I am curious to see what happens here. I don't think we'll see Dayon. I think they're going to continue to be very patient with him um, and have him focus on his special teams play. And he had a great special teams moment this past week. He knocked some mm-hmm. gunner on his ass this past week <laughs> against the Bears. It was it was awesome to watch on tape. Yeah. Um, but I am curious to see if it's Neiman or if they keep Amen and put Amen at the mic this week. So has Amen played at all this? He has played. I mean, like a little bit. Defense. They uh, they rotated a little bit the first game that that Kendricks was out. Uh-huh. And then against the Vikings, it was like fully Nick Neiman. And then uh, he's had some like spot, mm-hmm. spot duty rather than that. But it's huh. it's mostly been Nick Neiman in in, in play for the injuries. Yeah. So Deion Henley actually has more snaps than Amen this year by seven. It's twelve to five. So whatever, it's basically nothing. <laughs> but um, yeah, Neiman with one hundred and forty-two. I, I think yeah. Neiman is also in this game. We'll see what the defense wants to do. We'll see what Staley wants to do. It's probably the guy they trust the most to blitz of all those three guys as well. So I think that just gets him on the field. Um, trust him more in coverage as well. So if it's not Murray, I think it's just Nick. But like you talked about, it's more of the how they move those guys around than who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last injury thing I wanted to talk about. We obviously had a lot to cover here today. Um like I mentioned earlier, I think the Otito activation is pretty clearly Chris Hinton. 
Mm-hmm. And then I would not expect Otito to play. I think Otito is activated and then is kept kind of as a as a healthy scratch. Um, in terms of Jalen Guyton being activated, obviously Josh Palmer's role or Josh Palmer's injury plays a role here. So who are you kind of expecting or who would you peg as the the guy to get cut once Jalen Guyton is is activated? Yeah, I keep I think if Simi Fajoko didn't catch a touchdown last week, I would maybe say him. Um, because you look at the special team snaps and he had, I think zero last week, then either seven the week before or zero, but it's basically, he's had seven special team snaps last two, three weeks. And two of them were zeros. It was like zero, seven, zero or something like that. So if you're not contributing on special teams, like I thought he was because against the Raiders, you saw him do that. Then I don't know how much they want to, to do that. But I, I think... Well, it's interesting too because when they activated Keelan Doss, like they mm-hmm. deactivated Simi Fahoko, and I was like, okay, like I don't, I don't understand, like yeah. what's going on here. Doss isn't signed, is he? No, yeah. Doss is still okay. in the practice squad. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think just Fahokos are destined to be the Lieutenant Dan's history of his family, where they all <laughs> die in every war. I think they just always have to be cut. I think it's the destiny. So, <laughs> so I think I think they're gonna cut Simi Fioko, <laughs> and they got a Billy Fioko in the NFL too. So, oh my gosh, um, that was a good one, Tyler. That was a thanks. good one, man. I don't know where I pulled that from. Uh, so, I, I, I think Simi Fioko will be cut. The only thing is, though, if Jalen Guyton's literally only going to be activated or signed and activated, or not signed, activated to prevent him from going on full-term IR, but he's literally not ready to play yet. Like he's, he's kind of pretty close, but maybe they think he'll only get like five, 10 snaps in there. Then yeah, they'll probably keep Simi Fajoko cut Dotson. Yeah. I, I, that was, that was really funny. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's Dotson. I think it, we haven't seen him play. I think Simi at least like has that special teams potential. Um, and Josh Palmer being injured. If Josh Palmer were healthy, I think we could, have a more serious conversation about it being Fahoko as the as the cut man but Palmer's not playing this week I think you need that that extra receiver so uh, I, I think it will be Dotson all right you guys uh let's get to our prize pick segment of the week here um and then we'll uh get into some of these uh, other picks and predictions and then take some questions so uh Tyler who are who are your uh chargers specific uh prize picks of the week this week yeah, I'm looking at the running backs here, and we'll see. There's a very much so a what we want versus what happens. But Joshua Kelly is sitting at 21 and a half rushing yards. Mm. And I, I just don't think the Chargers will ever be significantly down in this game. I don't think this is an issue where they have to suddenly pass it 50 times this game. I think you can lean on the run. And if you start to pay attention to where the numbers are going, it if the team kind of, you know, use their brain for half a second they'd see that Kelly might deserve a few more rushing attempts. Now, does that mean that he runs for 40, 50 yards? No, but 21 and a half rushing yards. I'll take the more there. Um, Cameron Dicker, I think this is a game where you definitely don't feel like you have to go for it a lot. I felt mm-hmm. that way last game against the Bears. So Cameron Dicker at one and a half field goals. I'll take the more there. I just think that every field goal will count. They will not feel like they have to go for it on fourth down a ton. Um... Ooh, so I see Quentin Johnson here at 31 and a half receiving yards. After everything I just said about him, maybe not getting involved as a part of this offense. 
Uh, I don't feel as good about that one, so I'm going to pass on that one. But that is something I'm yeah. curious about what the chat thinks. Quentin Johnson, 31 and a half receiving yards as a wide receiver too. Kenneth Murray, this is a big if on whether he plays, but I think at six and a half tackles, I would take the more there, especially because it's it's an upper body shoulder injury thing. Now, that could completely take him out of the game yeah, um, entirely, but it's not like he cannot run as fast. It's like, like a lower body leg injury hamstring whatever so him or kendricks i think you feel good about the more because everything's going to be in front of the charges this week um outside of a couple passes to wilson yeah i think if kenneth murray doesn't play you can definitely take the more on eric kendricks tackle line as well i think that's probably a good play as well um his is at 7.0 um the one that to me i felt the best about is austin eckler's receiving line i think it's 28 and a half i just had it in front of me and then i closed my phone which was dumb of me but um i think it was 28 and a half i think you with everything that we have talked about today i think austin eckler is going to be much more involved they were super intentional last week about making him a focal part of the receiving game and i think that's kind of how they want to establish him going forward so that that's one i like quite a bit here uh, I am curious about your thoughts about Justin Herbert's line. As you pointed out this week, uh, the line has decreased significantly since uh, early on this week. I think it's at 245, or is it lower than that now? Uh, it's currently at 256. I'm oh, sorry, that's just rushing yards. Sorry, 245 and a half passing yards. That is getting more tempting. You know, when it was 267, I admittedly went with less. Yeah, but at two forty-five and a half, if I were to, if you gun to my head, what do you pick? I would still take the less there. I think that it's just a lot, and there's no Josh Palmer. Like even with Josh Palmer, maybe, but without Josh Palmer and no, yeah, for sure understanding of how they work, Quentin Johnston, guidance coming back, but not sure. All those uncertainties, unless Austin Eckler rips off a few great receiving, you know, catching after the catch sort of opportunities. I don't see them going over 245 passing yards. And I just don't even think they need to. It'd be great. If they do, they probably won that game. Yeah. I just don't think they need to. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I am definitely more tempted with the more at that line than at 263 or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. 245, I, I still think you're maybe looking at like a 225 kind of passing yards game. That's kind of how I feel right mm-hmm. now. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, as always, uh, feel free and use the link prizepicks.com slash guilty. Use the code guilty at checkout for a deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com. Um, super easy daily fantasy app. You simply choose more or less every single week. They have daily specials uh, that you can combine certain aspects of college football, the NFL. You can you can take a uh, NBA line if you're super into the NBA uh, stuff going on right now. Price Picks has it all for you. Um, last week there was a LeBron James and Justin Herbert special, so you know they they, they, they have some great specials that you guys can go check out. And uh, using that link and that code, uh, PricePicks.com/slash/guilty code guilty does truly help the show. So if you want to uh, go and use that, that would be very much appreciated. And uh, hey, man, you can go and uh, win some money yourself. So appreciate that uh, from here on out. All right, Tyler, let's get into our league-wide picks here, and then we'll uh, take some questions. I see some interesting super chats that we'll have to get to here in a minute, um, but uh, it is what it is. So 
Um, so far this week, or excuse me, so far this season, uh, Tyler is is rounding into form at 18 and 13. <laughs> sure. uh, Argent also 18 and 13. Both uh, Chase and Alex Insdorf at 20 and 11. Uh, I had a rough week last week, 16 and 15. Uh, and then Alex Katzen is uh, bringing up the rear for now at 13 and 18. So reminder, uh, we do this every single year. The uh, losers have to pay for a jersey of the winner. Um, and so far, uh, Alex Insdorf is in the lead. Uh, so Arjun this week has the Saints over the Bears, the Dolphins over the Chiefs, and the Browns over the Cardinals. He also has the Jets winning this game 17-13. Uh, to 13. Alex Katzen has the Raiders uh, as his favorite of the week, the Bills as his underdog of the week, and the Dolphins uh, alongside Arjun uh, as well. Alex Insdorf has the Baltimore Ravens as his favorite, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as his underdog. He's also going with the Saints over the Bears, and he also has the Jets winning 14-13. to 13. Um, That being said, Tyler, who are your picks and what is your Chargers prediction? Yeah, so I have the Cleveland Browns over the Arizona Cardinals. Good luck to Arizona. Kaiser White, you're awesome. If you look at prize picks, I think it's like basically just their defense is what's available on prize picks, and that's basically it. Um, Kaiser White said it, I think, like eight and a half tackles. So I guess he's having a good season. Uh, Buffalo over Cincinnati, got to pick one good team to beat the other good team. There's yeah. a lot of really good head to head matchups this week. So I, I felt, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but Buffalo over Cincinnati, good quarterback, good team. Um, Atlanta over Minnesota. I didn't want to take like an, another easier one, I guess. So the ugly Atlanta Falcons versus Minnesota game, probably not the most fun thing to watch, but I'm sure, you know, Bijan will get one or 20 carries in that game. And then as far as the Chargers, it's so tough with Josh Palmer out. That really does make me really dislike this game quite a bit more for the Chargers. I, I just, with... With the Jets not being a good offense, like at all, and their offensive line now, Tippman's coming back, so that helps. But their offensive line is a complete shite right now, and yeah. Zach Wilson is not great. And we just saw what they did last week. I understand that this the Chargers' defense they're facing, I understand that they could also give up 28 points in about four seconds, but I just don't believe in the Jets. And I, I think that for the Chargers, when there's a coaching advantage or disadvantage, I should say, uh, you know, let's say the well, Patriots, we'll see, but, you know, Dan Campbell next week, John Harbaugh the next week or the pre following week, those kind of matchups, I won't pick the Chargers to win. While I do believe Robert Sala has done a much better job with his defense than Brandon Staley has done with this defense, I think that it's not like a clear-cut and obvious by far coaching advantage like an Andy Reid, like a Harbaugh, et cetera. And then obviously the other reason is, it's Herbert and it's Wilson. And I just think that yeah. Herbert will be able to do enough. And I don't know that Wilson will be able to do as much. And I think Wilson will spot you a sack that knocks you out of field goal range, uh, potentially an interception, a fumble, you name it. Like, I just think the Chargers can make things snowball for a quarterback sometimes. That's not great. You know, Tyson Bajant last week you know, started with one great throw and then it just really never worked for him after that. Um, two interceptions in that game as well. So I think the Chargers will do enough. Uh, it'll be ugly, and anyone picking like twenty-four points or them for them to maintain their points per game this week, it's I don't I don't believe you at all. But I'm gonna have the Chargers winning, and I'm gonna have them winning to a nice ugly. Let's go seventeen to fourteen. I think it comes down to a prime time Cameron Dicker field goal, 
uh, Herbert gets it done in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I feel like I I, I have this a lot of the same thoughts here, and um, we didn't talk about the Jets injury report, but uh, Joe Tittman is back. Uh, their second round pick out of Wisconsin. Uh, he's played right guard mostly for them, um, but he is a natural center. So it, it is going to be interesting to see what the Jets decide to do along the offensive line. If they don't play Tittman at center and he plays right guard, then that means the the technically fourth string center will be starting for them. If Tittman plays center, then Billy Turner, who has this past week of guard experience, he's been an offensive tackle for most of his career. Um, he's been a swing tackle, so he, he's played on both sides, um, but he's never been a true like full-time guard. Um, and then Max Mitchell, who we all kind of liked in the draft as a as a potential like swing tackle of the future guy, he's going to be their starting right tackle. So the Chargers defense is not good. <laughs> They're not like a top 10 defense by any means, but I think the strength of the Chargers defense is very clearly their defensive line. Joey Bosa is rounding into form. We've seen Thule and Khalil each dominate some games. We've seen Morgan Fox have his moments. Um, I, I think that the Chargers defensive line basically by themselves is enough to kind of keep this Jets offense at bay. So really, what does this come down to? This comes down to how much do I trust Justin Herbert versus an elite passing defense? And I don't trust him to put up a huge amount of numbers, but I trust him definitely more than I trust Zach Wilson. So I also think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I, I think this is a really tough spot for these kind of injuries at the receiver room. J Gerald Everett is playing, but he's definitely not healthy. The Chargers' run game has not been going. So this is not going to be a super pretty game, but if the Chargers can get out to like a 10-0 lead, I feel like that's kind of enough, and then you can you know, scrape together some drives in the second half and, and call it good. So I think Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert will have enough to get this win, even though I think it is going to be ugly. So to be a little bit different here, I'm going to say the Chargers win uh, 16 to 13. So I, mm -hmm. I I think low scoring like you do, um, but I'll say one less touchdown than you. So like I'm literally pick, like picking like one touchdown and three field goals kind of game for the Chargers. Yeah, and I think that it's so tough with Josh Palmer out. That That's yeah. the one that keeps giving me the hold up there. I think probably Alex picks a win for the Chargers if Palmer plays. If you're in the, I know you're in the chat, Alex. So I'm just curious if you would. Um, the title of the video for this live stream is Can the Chargers Defense Ride to the Occasion? So far, it looks like we all believe that that'll be the case. The most they have. So is it Alex Katzen that has the Jets scoring the quote-unquote most at 17? Yeah, 17 would be the most, yep. Yeah, which is... Well, frankly, Arjun also has 17. Oh, because they won. Yeah, thanks, Arjun. Yeah. That's fine. Arjun picked the Bears to win last week, so I don't care about his... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not credible anymore. Um, although, I, I guess if anybody knows the Jets, it's, it is Arjun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the defense will rise to the occasion to answer the question... I don't think it is a complicated thing to rise to the occasion this week. I think that Jets offensive line is is in a really rough spot right now. And Zach Wilson's pressure to sack rate is not like someone like a Justin Herbert. You know, I think it's 21-ish percent right now. Yeah. It's just, it's a bad offensive line. It's a, a boomer bust sort of quarterback trying to throw who takes a lot of sacks, who isn't great. So I, I have like, you know, Brees Hall gets his touchdown. Garrett Wilson gets his touchdown. That's kind of how I have the two touchdowns there. And that's kind of it. Ooh, Sorry. Alex. 
Yeah, you want to go for it? Or... Alex in in Insdorf in the chat says I would pick the Chargers if they weren't averaging three yards a carry in their last seventy four runs. That was the factor for him, which is fair. Hey, which means you get two hundred and twelve rushing yards this game if you run it seventy four times. So <laughs> two hundred and twenty two. Yeah. yeah. You know, for what it's worth, the, the the Jets' run defense is their definite weakness. You have Nick Vanek coming up. I would love to see more Jordan McFadden. Um, you don't need to be averaging like six yards of carry by any means this week, but if they could average like four, that would be fantastic, and I think that could give them enough. So we're both hopeful that this is more of a Joshua Kelly game, but I think Alex is right. Like it, it does play into things like if the if the Chargers run defense was or run offense I should say was even just like slightly better like I'm picking the Chargers to win but if I had more confidence in where the rushing offense was I I could I could see them scoring like 20 it wouldn't be like a ton of points by any means with without Josh Palmer and Mike Williams but if the rushing attack was just like slightly more than it was if it was in a groove at all I think I could see this team putting up 20 points but Without the rushing attack being in the groove, without Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett's banged up, I, I think this is going to be a slog of a game. And I think the Chargers come out on top, but I think it's it's going to be really close and really last minute, like you said, Cameron Dicker field goal kind of situation or mm-hmm. last minute stop on defense kind of thing and come down to the wire. I'm hoping the offense continues with understanding their personnel and really what we saw last week against the bears i know everyone's like well it's just the bears but like they're not a bad defense they've actually been rounding into form and getting better um i hope it's not well we're just gonna hold on to the ball and throw it deep and run it a ton with austin eckler like i really really hope there's some self-scouting that goes on where they understand like we need to lean into the strengths of some of our guys and, and understand that against the chiefs against the cowboys we you know we had some good ideas we scored early, but fell flat in the second half. So how do we fix that in this game? Because, you know, you don't need to go toe-to-toe and throw big punches and uppercuts against Zach Wilson. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. Watch, now that we all have a low-scoring game, it's going to be like 30-27. to 27. I don't... You give up 27 points to Zach Wilson, man. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an issue. That would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Charger fans, make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day experience this Sunday. We all know how well football and pizza go together. It's just like Keenan and Allen, Justin Herbert on game day. Make sure you order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. My personal favorite is the pepperoni and green pepper combination with the dynamite crazy bread with the dipping sauce. It's my favorite game day experience to go to for food on Sunday afternoons. Speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or in-store pizza porta pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during game day. Bolt up. All right, you guys, uh, we'll get to some of these questions now. So uh, we'll take questions for about 20 minutes. Um, if you have something that we missed and you want to ask again, um, feel free and do so. Uh, I know Christian Hernandez said that he's done talking about it, but he sent us a $10 super chat, so we got to <laughs> talk about it. Uh, he says, can we now admit that our wide receiver room is not good and the Mike Dub signing set us back for a couple of years? I know I sound like a hater, but it's another year of Keenan and Scrubs. Sorry, he's upset right now. What are your thoughts here? I don't think that signing Mike Williams necessarily set the Chargers back. What did set them back was not taking a receiver like ever uh, or continuing to reinvest in the position in some way to find some guys until this year where of all years to take a receiver in the first round, they did it this year. Uh, we, were, we were hoping for even in like the sixth round or fifth round of some drafts, just find the next speed guy, go get the next guy. And they just didn't do that. Of course, the one time they did, Josh Palmer, who was great for the Chargers this season when he was healthy and hopefully comes back pretty soon. So to me, it's not necessarily a, a Mike Williams signing issue. It's a failing to add to the room consistently over the course of Telesco's tenure. Just responding to a comment. Is it a Utah comment? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Shola Man says I should wear my Utah gear for Monday night. <laughs> good luck against Zach Wilson. Sure, I'll buy a USC jersey or UCLA jersey or whatever if it helps. Yeah. I'll buy a Washington <laughs> State jersey if it helps. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the Chargers didn't have a choice but to re-sign Mike Williams. Like he was playing, he was coming off his the best even season of his career, and for all of the the criticisms that are definitely valid. Uh, against Joe Lombardi, like the one thing he did was was really elevate Mike Williams' career and prove that he could be more than just like a go ball guy. And I think we are really seeing the effects of not having Mike Williams out there. I mean, we the Chargers are losing a huge chunk of their playbook by not having Mike Williams out there. And we've seen some jump ball situations for Quentin and for Josh Palmer, but it's certainly not the same. Um, we've seen some deep over routes, but again, it's certainly not the same. And so I think we're really seeing the effect of not having Mike Williams to this offense. And this year, Kellen Moore had the plans to kind of add to what Joe Lombardi had done. And, and Mike Williams was going to play in the slot more often. And uh, the slot targets in training camp were awesome to see, you know, the way that they were getting him the football and really expanding his route tree. And, and now we're, 
we're unfortunately not getting to see that that reality where Mike Williams is healthy because if he had been able to stay healthy with this with Justin Herbert and with Kellen Moore, I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both well over 1,200 yards this season. I think both of them would have yeah. had huge seasons. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like you know, now you're seeing the after effects of it, but it's not like you mentioned. It's not the signing of Mike Williams that set them back. It was drafting Joe Reed and KJ Hill and cutting them. It was not drafting any receivers after that. No receivers last year. You know, it's it, it's not a signing that that affects you because I think you look at these other teams who have these elite receiving cores. It's not that they have like I mean, their star receivers help, but these teams consistently take bites at the apple when it comes to skill player talent evaluations. And that's how you continually prop up your receiver room. The chargers have not done that. Obviously they took two receivers this year, but it's a position where you should be drafting somebody every single year. In my opinion, even if you have five, six guys throw a dart at a seventh round pick and at least like take a chance. So, you know, the the Mike Williams, Injury sucks, and if anything, that's really proving his value um, because the Chargers receiver room and their passing attack has has certainly not been the same. Obviously, there have been some other issues that uh, Corey Lindsley's injury and Justin Herbert's injury, but mm-hmm. if anything, Mike Williams being injured should should show you how valuable he really was to this passing attack because it has not been the same since he, he got injured. Yeah. Take another receiver next year, please. Keep doing you have it. To. You know, yeah. not that the Chiefs have always been successful, but they did come up on Rasheed Rice, and you know, they continue to at least try. Not that it always works, but you keep trying. You keep looking for guys. Yeah, I, I, it's very early in the process. I don't think they should take a receiver in the first two rounds, but take one in the first five and throw a dart and see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, presumably you're moving on from Mike Williams in the off season. You don't have a ton of money to go find like a a replacement. So, you know, you're going to have Keenan and Josh Palmer and Quentin and Darius Davis next year. But that's that's not enough. Like you have to go find ways to to prop up that position room. And I think drafting one, you know, late day two, early day three is is probably the move there. And as Eddie Brun points out, the Chargers haven't drafted a tight end since. Hunter Henry, is that right? Like, I feel like uh, it's Trey been McKitty. forever. Oh, huh? receiving tight end. Yeah. If you mean receiving tight end, then yeah, then Trey McKitty doesn't count. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, I get the frustration. The receiving room right now without Mike and Josh Palmer definitely is is in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shola, man, what if we bring Derwin down to linebacker? It sounds fun. I, I am always a fan of Derwin being around the box more often. Uh, everybody in the chat and online wanted Derwin James to have a simpler role, and I hate it. I cannot stand watching Derwin James 20 yards off the ball anymore. I'm yeah. so sick of it. You all clamor for simpler for Derwin James, and you're getting it, and it sucks. So I cannot stand watching Derwin James on film right now just camping back at the line because the Chargers are terrified of getting beat deep. So you're all getting what you wanted regarding Derwin James, and it's terrible. So congrats. <laughs> Yeah, I blame all of you. It'll probably be a lot like it was against the Cowboys, where he's going to defend the post, and you know, Alan Lazard will not get his. Gosh darn it! And then they're gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, you know, on third down or whatever, go up and, and cover Conklin one on one, and they'll do it very well. And that's probably the role. Uh, yeah. It's it's definitely less fun. I think it I think it kind of helps the defense in certain aspects, but uh, yeah, definitely not a fun one. Not not as fun as it used to be. 
no and we, we're seeing like one blitz a game i hate it i can't stand watching this version of derwin james that that part i i definitely i'm maybe with a low he back things change but yeah you, you've got a heck of a weapon and i think like this felt like the year more than any year that he'd be used as a blitzer more and more and more based on what yeah. he was doing in training camp and it hasn't happened but Frustrating. I, I can't mm. stand watching it, but everybody wanted more simple, and that's what they're getting. Uh, okay, Eddie wants to know, what do you think about the Chargers in split backs with Eckler and Spiller? Well, Kelly would be the one to to split time with here, but do you think we see any Spiller this week uh, since we presumably think the Chargers are maybe running the football a little bit more this week? Okay, so he had what two carries last week or one carry last week? Let me see. Three attempts. Wow, amazing. Uh, a catch, he, I think, right? Uh, yes, he did have a catch for five yards. So yes, he was a bit more involved. Yeah, I could. Okay, did he get more involved? He definitely had some early stuff, but did he get two of his carries when they were already like pulling yeah. the? Yeah, he had. I think he had three carries on the last drive, or it might have just been two. But I know there was at least two. I don't drive. know if the Chargers will be able to run enough offensive plays for Spiller to get super involved. I think we're going to get stuck with a couple three and outs, short things or short drives. So while I think they could run more, I don't think that they'll have enough long drives where you feel like you need to reach into that. But I think it's, yeah, three, four touches at most. Yeah, I think that it's very clear that this team has Joshua Kelly a, a clear step ahead of, of Isaiah Spiller. So um, we'll see what happens there. Maybe they focus more on Austin Eckler, the receiver. And But I, I'm not expecting Isaiah Spiller to see a ton of time. Um, Eddie Bruin pointed us out earlier. Eric Smith had a great breakdown. Special teams will be the difference maker, either Davis and Dicker or Gibson for the Jets. Mm. Um, the Jets have a great punter, Thomas Morstead as well. Uh, I, I didn't read Eric Smith's article, but um, the Jets are pretty good on special teams. They rank pretty favorably in DVOA. Um, this is uh, a potentially game-changing return man. We've seen week one, you know, uh, Mr. Gibson had a punt return touchdown that won the just the game against the Bills. So um, special teams, we're both expecting to play a pretty big role. Low-scoring game probably means a, a good amount of punts. Ideally not 27 or whatever it was last week against the Giants combined. <sighs> um, but I think J.K. Scott, we'll see a bunch of him. And hopefully this is a good J.K. Scott game. But I think Eric Smith, as always, has a good point here about special teams being a key factor this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will be. Again, everything everything counts. Cameron Dicker, absolutely. I feel so much better about this game, having watched him hit the 53-yarder last week. It's 55 in Kansas City and 53 last week. That's what it was, yeah. So I feel much, much better about the prospects there. Of course, special teams will always be good, always be dangerous. Dean Leonard is off the injury report. Yeah, he was that'll off help a ton. That'll yeah. be Yeah, that'll help a ton. Should be good there. Yeah, I, I think they'll be just fine. Should be fun, though. I, I don't know who the Jets special teams coordinator is, but uh, this is a good special teams battle. If you're into special teams, I think you'll you'll like this one. Uh, Herbert uh, Cosio wants to know, would Zant or Vato be the better corner to stay on mm. Garrett Wilson? Would you have that corner put hands on him at the line or play a few yards off? I think you're going... Oh, well, if, okay, the first question, I think you're kind of 
darned if you do, darned if you don't. Like, it doesn't really matter which one you put on there. I think the biggest difference here is that Asante will get you a pick, or at least could bait you know Zach Wilson into one of those interceptions. So, yeah, I, I think either is kind of it's a bit rough. I know some people really like Asante Samuel Jr. Again, I, I think he's on pace for 14, 1300 yards allowed this season. Uh, so it's not like it's a whole lot better, but I'll take the game changing interception over. Unfortunately, what Michael Davis has done, which if they're playing him way off, uh, won't get much done. Now, if Michael Davis is obviously the more athletic guy, I just don't think I, I, th- I don't think it's a great matchup for either of them. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that the Jets have done more so in recent weeks is put Garrett Wilson in the slot. Um, it's not a huge thing, but the first two weeks when everybody was kind of presumably healthier, uh, he was around 18% of, of his snaps in the slot. Since that point, it's been around 30%. So it's not a huge number, mm-hmm. but it is it is definitely more of a thing. So the Chargers will likely have all of their cornerbacks go against their Garrett Wilson at some point in this one. I, I don't feel great about any of their chances uh, of, of beating Garrett Wilson one-on-one. I think if I have to choose like you, I would probably choose Asante just because he has that bigger play potential. But if there were ever a game where you're going to be double teaming a wide receiver or tight end, like this is, this is it because you know, Jack Conklin and Alan Lazard, like, please like throw the football to them. Like, don't throw it to Garrett Wilson. Like this is, (laughs) this is a game where I'm like basically begging to double team Garrett Wilson because this it's their two weapons on offense are Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And like, Mm-hmm. that's it that that is genuinely it of guys yeah. that you're like concerned about so put all the resources towards shutting down those guys and i think that the Chargers defense will be in a good spot uh yeah. but if you if you're one-on-one at least like i think you take the high upside play and put asante out there yeah so jake was asking and i was looking this up who will the receivers zon and job will be up against lazard obviously being one of them and then in the slot has been majority randall cobb who has a whopping three catches on 12 targets for 20 yards in the slot. And he plays 75% of the time in the slot. So that is John Taylor's assignment this week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think uh, they're giving Gibson more more snaps, mm-hmm. but it's not a ton. Like Randall Cobb will still be out there. But yeah, this is presumably a, a bit of a an easier matchup for Jaw. So double team Gary Wilson, please. And uh, you'll have a much better day on defense. Oh man, we got we got draft debate about Mike Williams going on the chat. I thought you guys were done talking about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I saw this thing going around on on Twitter too about like draft hits and misses, and like who is really a hit for Tom Telesco and who is a miss. Mm-hmm. I certainly could be an off-season conversation, but I think a lot of people are projecting their negative feelings on like what exactly qualifies as a draft hit or a draft miss. I understand like Mike Williams is not perfect, but he's a high-end wide receiver too. Like if that's a seventh overall pick, like that's not a miss. It might not be a huge home run hit, but it absolutely is a hit. If you get high-end wide receiver two production out of a, a first round selection, I think, people who disagree are very strongly overvaluing or underestimating, I should say how difficult it is to draft effectively in the NFL. I think 
we before we did it if we did an exercise like that we'd have to establish what it means to be a hit versus a miss right i think there's an aspect where mike williams is a hit but mike williams at seventh overall was not worth it i almost think maybe that's a more of a discussion like i think he's a hit as a player i think if you have as many well not as many but like if when you're healthy you're as successful as you are i think what he's done makes him out to be a hit and frankly we could look at the like if you think he's a miss what are the other two receivers that were drafted around him like ross and the other guy whose name i can't remember right now um gosh who was the other receiver drafted in that same like Ray top Davis 10-ish? And justin ross and mike david or mike williams were like the three that year yeah, yeah yeah that's right so i think he's a hit i just debate on whether he's worth it and then that that starts another conversation okay then was he the right player with Mahomes? Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a slippery slope. But if it's just look at career, look at numbers, hit or miss, miss being you did not contribute anything or you were a complete net negative, then Mike Williams is a hit. But that doesn't mean that he was Rashawn Slater. Right, right. There's there's levels to being a hit or a miss, obviously. But in general, if you're like a borderline Pro Bowl player, like you're a hit. And Mike Williams is mm-hmm. not like a surefire elite player, but he's a high-end wide receiver, number two. Mm-hmm. He had a legitimate Pro Bowl argument in 2021 and in 2019. Uh, Mike Williams is a draft hit, like 100%. And yeah. uh, talking about Brandon Cooks being a better player than him is ridiculous. Same with Gabe Davis. I don't know enough about Gabe Davis. Cooks for his career, sure. Not currently. Uh, the Dallas doesn't seem to... No, he exists sometimes. No, he does not. Um, yeah, and if, again, if it's like hit or miss, how much of draft, you know, assignment or slot are we taking there? Like, are you less of one because you were taken in the first round? Again, that, that's a different debate, I think, like worthiness or value. But if it's just hit or miss, yeah, he's a hit. Yeah. I'll go through the misses. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we're we're like you know figure out one where there's like the first three drafts for Telesk were basically yeah. almost all misses. Yeah, I also think like a lot of people like there's always this thing about like if you're not a star, you're a bum. Like somebody was arguing that Alohi Gilman is a miss, and I'm like he's a reliable safety who's given you a lot of snaps. Like. He was a six-round pick who was drafted to be a special teams player. Like, Alohi Gilman mm-hmm. absolutely is a hit. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what. I mean, he's up for my expectations. Um, and as a six-round pick, yeah, that's definitely a hit there. Um, uh, we'll move on here to some other questions. But uh, Alex wants to know thoughts on using Donald Parham more prior to the red zones, even with Gerald Everett playing? Mm, Was he not? I mean... hmm. Prior to Everett's injury, we didn't really see a ton of Parham getting involved in between the 20s. He is right. Most of his stuff has been in the red zone. Oh, more prior to the red zone. So in between. Got you. I see what you mean. Yes, absolutely. I think this week in particular, like you want to... You probably want to use the tight ends more. Yeah, I I think you're looking for players or plays or opportunities where the extremes of what you have are better than just good defense. I think Donald Parham just being really freaking tall is just something that a defense, a a play call, a talent mostly can't account for. So, yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, 
that one kind of like corner route that he ran against the mm-hmm. Bears, where if Donald Parham is like even six six, like he does <laughs> not catch. Yeah. And Justin Herbert placed that ball like literally perfectly. Like it was it was right, it was right in the money spot. And uh if if he's six eight, you don't catch that pass. Like I don't even think you can throw that pass, but yeah, it just gives him a different kind of window. And you can really tell that Justin Herbert trusts him in those key moments. Um, uh, they they showed in the all-in episode that they were working on that flea flicker tight end screen thing to get him in space. So it, it's another thing that I think Kellen Moore like is is really starting to figure out how to use Donald Parham more more frequently. So I, I think this is definitely a game where you probably want to lean into the tight ends and just kind of uh, you know move the ball instead of trying to aim for like the big plays. Mm-hmm. Oop, wrong one. Uh, what Calamore special do we have this week? What interesting gimmicky thing, whether it works or not, will we see this week? So we've seen the double pass. Mm-hmm. We've seen the flea flicker screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen a reverse. Um, I want to see the speed option. I know it's not like a trick play, but they did a lot of like speed option work in training camp, and we haven't really seen it all that much specifically i guess this would qualify for for one they did this like rpo thing where darius davis came on an orbit motion behind him and instead of like the orbit motion being like a bubble screen the chargers had it set up where like if justin had decided to keep it they would have ran speed option into that Mm -hmm. i want to see that play come back because i want darius davis to have some creative touches um jake also pointed out the the Hulk package stuff, um, the two point conversion against the Titans where Will Clapp lined up in the slot was hilarious. I would love to see uh, an offensive line kind of pass play again. That would be fun. So Kellen's had some had some fun stuff this year. He really has. Let's see. So Rashawn's hurt, unfortunately. So we can't get a probably well, not hurt, but you know he's not 100. percent So you probably don't risk him on. That. I I think Rashawn will be 100 percent this week. I think okay. I think he looked really like himself. There were a couple key moments where I think you could see the the ankle still being an issue, but I think this is the week where we see Rashawn really be his former self. Yeah, I would love to see that. That's a good week to do that. Um, yeah, big man touchdown maybe. Uh, Scott Matlock got to get in there at one point, right? Do we have any former New York Jets on the team? Giants, yeah. Uh, Giants, yes. Jets. I can't think of one. I can't think of one off the top, top of my head. Just looking for a revenge game play there. Nah. Um, hmm. From Eddie, any reason why Fox has been getting so many, so so little snaps, so few snaps? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that the answer you're looking for, Eddie? I don't know. I don't know. Because he gets incentives if he plays a lot of games. The Chargers won't do that. Well, he gets incentives if he gets a lot of numbers, too. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's strange. Like, they're they're actively giving Austin Johnson the same amount of pass rush snaps as Morgan Fox, and Austin Johnson has one pressure on 144 pass rush snaps. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, to Christian's there's, point, they're, they're certainly like, yeah, against the run, sure, I get that. Yeah. But then, like you said, they are almost neck and neck in terms of pass rush snaps, uh, which is, I don't get, 
You know, you want to win some games, you want to have a better defense. And yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think even when like when they've had some injuries at edge rusher in the past, like they've put him out there occasionally, not a, a ton. So I was surprised too, like when Joey went down and when Chris Rumpf was also injured, that it wasn't like he was kicked out somewhat. But yeah, man, I think Morgan Fox, especially against an interior that is suspect, I think Morgan Fox should be playing a lot more. Yeah, no, he should murder. That, that should be bloody <laughs> murder, to be honest. Like that interior ain't great. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Any uh any other final thoughts before we uh head out for the evening? Uh, let's go one last one from Jake, man. Who, okay. who on the defensive line ends up with the most sacks or pressures this week? Uh, well, if you want to go to price picks, Joey Bose is at 0.25 sacks. Khalil Mack, 0.75 sacks. Um, who ends up with the most pressures or sacks or pressures this week? I, I think it has to be Morgan Fox. and not He's not Dexter Lawrence. The Lawrence, with some of their interior guys healthy, all the Tippmans coming back, had 15 pressures. So I think that your best pass rushing interior guy We'll have the most pressures this week, assuming he plays uh, and plays a lot of snaps, I should say. I'm going with Joey Bosa here. Uh, I don't think it'll be Khalil. Makai Becton is by far the Jets' best offensive lineman right now. Mm-hmm. And he is a specifically large human being who is generally not susceptible to power rushes, which is what Khalil does. So Khalil lines up mostly against the opposing left tackles. I think that's going to be a bit of a tough matchup for him. Uh, Max Mitchell, again, I liked him as a draft prospect. Uh, I'm not trusting him to shut shut out Joey Bosa. So I think Joey Bosa, this is his kind of announcement to the country that, hey, uh, I'm back. I'm still that dude. I think we see a big Joey Bosa game this week, uh, and the Chargers, frankly, need it to happen. So uh, they didn't have a ton of true like pass rush snaps this past week. I mentioned this on the Chargers channel. The Jets have the worst third and third and long distance average in the NFL right now. Um, and so I think the Chargers defensive recipe for success is very clearly stop the run, get them into third and long situations, and then Joey Bosa and the rest of these cats can can really get after it. So the the question, can the Chargers defense rise to the occasion? I think depends a lot along this defensive line. And I think Joey Bosa is in store for a huge game. And I think he himself almost makes the question, the answer to this question. Yes. Ooh, fun. I, I certainly didn't love reading all the comments under the, the Joey Bosa uh, short about, you know, Hey, he's bad. He looked really good against the bears. And everyone's like, well, it's just the bears, but like, yo, he did, he did well. Like we can celebrate when guys <laughs> play well sometimes. Um, so hopefully this will be another game. We can talk about it again. And it'll be like, well, no, they still won't get credit because it's the Jets' offensive line, but we're <laughs> trending in the right direction. Yeah. Narratives this week are going to be a disaster because we're all expecting a, a low-scoring game on prime time, which means people are going to shit on Justin Herbert unnecessarily, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the context, mm-hmm. and people are not going to care at all about the Chargers' defense because the Jets' offense is terrible. So uh, <laughs> national narratives are going to be fun this week. Yes, and we will give you our narrative right after the game as soon as we can uh, on Monday Night Football. There we go. Well done. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in live. If you didn't catch us live, like Tyler mentioned, make sure and tune in right after the game on Monday Night Football. Um, make sure and subscribe, like the show, comment, all that good stuff really helps us continue to grow the show. 
Make sure and use our prize picks link to go earn yourself some money. We really appreciate you guys. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you on Monday. As always, bolt up.